I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Akadang Millwall, number one Millwall podcast, as you well know. Now, as is the way for any podcast at any time, events overtake you quite quickly. So um, Michael and I recorded a short lunchtime conversation on fixture release day, which is Thursday, today's Saturday as I speak to you now, and lo and behold we have a number of major stories that have broken after I pressed the um, end call button on Thursday. So just as a brief introduction listeners, this show is going to include various opinions from the chaps on the podcast about the Zian Fleming bid from Burnley um, who knows how much that's, that, that uh, money is, is on the table and where it will finish but um, I just wanted to gauge a view a few views from the boys on the podcast about the wisdom or not of selling Zian Fleming so I'm going to lead off the show with various voice notes sent to me by all of the boys on the, on the show with their views on the Zian Fleming storyline that is unfolding and then following that I'm going to take you back to the original conversation between Michael Avery and I, which was recorded in the aftermath of that very um, modern football non-event day, like transfer deadline day, so you have fixture release day, so um, that was on Thursday. So um, first up, it's going to be the, the voicemails, and then over to Michael Avery to complete the show. Big thank you to everyone for, at very short notice, sending me content for your delectation, dear listeners. Hope you enjoy it. Hello Nick, uh, Graham Payne here, just with some thoughts on the Fleming rumours. I mean, if they are true, uh, and Burnley have made a bid, I think anything above 12 million would be acceptable for me. Um, for, for a while now, I've been an advocate of buying players in cheaply and then selling them on for a profit, which is what Brentford have had all their success you know, since they got into the Premier League. Um, and obviously we've not done that and we've held on to players, Jed Wallace and there's another one looming that doesn't seem to be making much headline but Jake Cooper's in his last year of his contract this year as well so do we hang on to him or do do, do we sell him now where we can make some uh, profit on it um, with regard to if Fleming is sold I mean just looking at it, we, six players Left the first team squad in the summer. That's the four loanees: Cresswell, Shackleton, Burke, and Styles. And obviously Malone and Bennett left. And if Bury goes and all that, seven players have left the first team squad. And the only replacement 
well, replacement, the only player we've got in so far is Nesbitt. So obviously we need quite a few players, I think. You know, whether 12, 15 million would cover what we need, I suppose there's going to be free transfers. Um, there's a lot of talk of left, a left-back coming in on a free, um, whether that, um, is it Joe Bryan or the bloke in from, the English bloke, is it Fox from uh, Fultish, uh, the, from the Dutch League? But I also think, you know, uh, we need another goalkeeper, though I don't think Rowett does think that, and I think Long will, unfortunately, continue in, as the first-team goalkeeper. Um, probably another centre-half, because Hutchinson, like Leonard, is injury-prone, so we need someone there. Is Alex Mitchell going to be good enough? I suppose he's got to be given a chance in these friendlies. And then I think, moving forward, I think we need another midfield player, definitely. Um, a, someone who can play wide right and, you know, just overall s- squad depth. I, d- I don't know if any of the under-23s, you know, the three that stood out for me from that final was the keeper, Joe Wright, um, Abdul Malaki, the left-back, and the unfortunately the name, I can't think of it, the centre-half who scored the winning goal. Now, whether them three are ready to step up, again, we don't know. Perhaps, again, they should be given chances in pre-season. But I do feel it's, you know, we do need some numbers in because it's going to be, I know the championship's always a tough league, but I think looking at it this year, it's going to be even tougher. So, yeah, if, if they get offered 12 million and above, I would sell Fleming. And obviously reinvest in the team. Um, let's see what happens. Cheers, Nick. Well, hello there, dear listener. Uh, I am sending this voice note from the secret location that is the Millwall FC transfer dungeon. It's called a dungeon because nothing ever really happens down here. And all the things that does happen is uh, quite frightening at times. So, uh, yes, it's kind of dark, dark and dank and damp down here. So, um, it's Michael Avery here. Mr. Hart has kindly asked us uh, our opinions on the recent news that Burnley may be coming in for Zian Fleming. Uh, which, at first, I'm not going to lie, I sort of was a little bit along with the Twitterverse in the sense that it was kind of, nah, not, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, people. Move along. Um, but there does seem to be a little bit of weight gaining with it. Firstly, would I sell? Eight million is a good amount. It's a good amount. Let's not lie. Um, And in today's football, um, it might not mean a lot to everyone else, um, the way that money's been splashed around and investors are coming in. But to a club like Millwall, eight million is a lot of money. Um, Yes, you can argue. uh, Argue? Statement of word. You can argue that George Savile, um, when he went to Middlesbrough, went for around eight million. Um, we've turned down, um, allegedly, years ago, a bid of £9 million for Cooper. Um, and now, in this instance, £8 million for Zian Fleming. I think the problem that we have as a club is we still cling to the sentiment of players. Um, and we don't tend to really cash in um, unless, you know, either they go on the cheap or they go on freeze. We've never been a club who really sells for big, big money. Would I sell for £8 million? Possibly, yes. My head would seriously be turned. 
Um, and Zian Fleming, as much as he had a great um, start to his career at Millwall, he's obviously got the player of the season last year. Um, unless I've got it totally wrong and I've read the behavioural patterns of the player, um, he's always seemed to like he wants to go on to bigger and better things, as every player would want to. Eight million would be good money. And let's think of it just common sense. You can get two decent players for four million, which Millwall money would absolutely smash transfer dealings out the window. Um, with me, it's never a case of, you know, being outpriced in the market. You know, you can say that eight million wouldn't buy you a lot, especially if you're, you're pushing for the top six. But again, this is down to the rec recruitment. Nick and I was talking off uh, camera recently, talking about the recruitment of teams like Luton, Peterborough, Brentford. Eight million might not seem a lot of money if you're a splash to cash team, but if you recruit properly and you really scale the market properly, eight million could get you a good player. Um, I'd, uh, next question, what price is he for sale? I'd have liked about 10, but again, I'll take eight. You can't look at Gift off in the mass. He's had a great, great season. If he has a stinker next season, that eight million is going to drop drastically. So would I cash in now? Possibly, um, but only if we have a plan in place of a decent replacement. Um, that's why um, if it strengthens the side, then I 100% would get rid for £8 million. Um, but again, I wouldn't just sell for the sake of money. I would, um, I would have to have things in place. We need a striker. We say it repeatedly. We say it over and over and over and over again. Um, Fleming is very creative. And yes, we would need a replacement. Um, but as it's shown... When Jed Wallace left a couple of seasons ago, he was our main man, he was our main maestro, he left. And did we miss him that much in the grand scheme of things? Possibly, possibly not. Um, a lot of people will be on the latter, possibly not. So um, we would need to get a replacement for Fleming, um, you know, and he was relatively cheap, a, a decent gamble. But we do need that striker. Um, every club needs strikers. Tom Bradshaw, all he needs to is have a bit of a bad run or get injured. There's no replacement. I'm sorry, I'm not in the Vogel Sama camp of um, him as a striker playing that position. I just don't think he's a good enough replacement. Um, so, yeah, a striker, an attacker. If we can get a good one one or two of them for, you know, maybe one for five million, one for three, or just one for eight million, a really good proven, you know, season after season after season centre forward attacking midfielder, it will be fine. Um, but I just think overall, uh, this is going to be a really, really we say it every season and it's a broken record. It's like the sort of uh, vinyl where the needle trips. But this is such an important transfer window for Millwall. You know, like we possibly more so than any other before because we've had a season now where you could argue poor transfer windows have cost us. So if we really want to push for that top six and, you know, not blow on the final day and be really comfortable going into the final day where, you know, even if you do throw it away like you did against Blackburn, you're not going to drop out of the top six. This is such a vital window. If Fleming does go, fair play to him. As we said with Jed Wallace and other players, Lee Gregory, when he went, a fair play to him if they want to go and further their careers and look up. Absolutely no issue with that. If he stays, wonderful. He's a good player, top player. He makes the team tick. But like a clock... It ticks, and if it breaks, you just get it repaired. You get something and they'll get it ticking again. TikTok transfer window is looming and looking.
getting there. The window's getting closer. Or the end of the window is getting closer by the end. Come on, you lions. Hello, Nick. Hello, listeners. Uh, it's Matt Richards here. Uh, just give my thoughts on everything that's flying around today on Twitter and online about Zian and the um, proposed or supposed bid by Burnley. Um, different different um, numbers being quoted up to eight million. What do I take? I mean, I've got definitely want more than that. Obviously, um, you want as much as possible, but. I think if we can get a clear, say like ten million, it's a good deal. I don't know if there's a there's a sell on clause from Sitard, which I would have to pay them a bit. I don't know, don't know that. But um, you, how much is he worth? I mean, he's only had one season in Championship, good, you know, really good season. You can't you can't say anything different to that. But when you, if we're going to be thinking fifteen twenty million, that's that's a bit of a joke, really. When you see, I think it's James Ward-Prowse is being touted for thirty million. Kovacic, thirty million. You know, it's it's a different league, really. So, yeah, ten. If we get ten, ten to twelve, I'd be happy with that. Um, we, we've got to take it. None of this. I've even to see people that say, "Oh, we need to build a team around him." And, you know, we're in a, we're in up with a Jed situation again. So. That can't happen. This is a real good opportunity for Mill, um, and we need to make the most of it. So, what would I do with it? Well, if we got ten, I mean, I think I think players wise, I think we need to strengthen across the whole the whole squad really. Um, but priorities, I think we need a, we need a keeper. Um, can't rely on Long as a first choice, and Bart's not not the same player he was. I think two or three seasons ago. Um, if you're looking at the right backs, left backs, Danny didn't have a great end of the season, but I think a left back is more important. I think a specialist left back to get up and down. And um, as she's talking about, it depends what formation right wants to play. I think he st- still will probably stick to a four, but you know, he obviously went to a five towards the end of the season, and that's how he started last season. So depends on what players he can get in. Um, Centre backs, I'd like to have another centre back in there definitely. It's, it depends on Alex Mitchell, whether he goes out on loan or whether Wright thinks he's ready. Um, hopefully, we can save a bit of money on that and um, Alex Mitchell will do a job there. And, you know, we've always got Murray, obviously, as well, if we can get a specialist left back in. Um, I think midfield's not that bad. I think, obviously, if Zian goes, we'd need to replace him. So, an attacking midfielder. Um, perhaps another creative midfielder because we've got a lot of industrious players there. Billy, Sav, um, Honeyman, but um, I think, and I think I've won another forward as well. Um, so I can't kind of want bloody everything, don't I? Um, but you know, Nisbet, good signing. Fingers crossed. Um, also, you got Bradshaw, but I'd want a different type of forward up front. I want somebody with a bit more physical presence, a bit more strength. Um, doesn't have to be necessarily tall, but that'd be ideal. Um, and I think we need we need um, some width as well. So a right winger. You've got Watmore down the left. I know you've got SA coming in, but I think it'd be too much responsibility to expect him to perform week in, week out. I think he'll have a, hopefully he'll have a good season and he'll play a lot more than last season, I'm sure. But we need to have a bit more quality and a bit more um, experience out there as well. So it's 
there's quite a few players there. I think I've probably rattled through six or seven players. Um, but if we got 10 million, then that's a decent amount of money. You've still got loan signings. Um, if we can go abroad, I mean, this is going to be the key test of our recruitment. No, that's that's what it is. It puts it into a really sharp focus. We've never had that amount of money. I can't remember. Even when we sold Saville, where we spent that money the season after. I know we've got a few players in, but um, we've never spent up to £10 million. So, you know, the pressure will be on, Alex. The pressure will be on Rowett and and the uh, whole team. But it's exciting times. I, I think it'll be great. You know, good luck to Zian if he goes. Um, he served us well. If we get £10 million in the bank, t- let's take it. And let's see what next season brings. So, yeah, that's my thoughts, Nick. Cheers, and uh, come on, your eyes. Good morning, Nick. Uh, Jim Hackett here, just putting my 10 penneth in on the Zian Fleming to Burnley. Uh, not debate, but I think conversation. I think um, if it was up to me, I think I'd sell him um, anywhere. If we were left with a, a profit of between 10 and 12 million, I think it'd be a great business for us. We got him in for 1.7 or whatever it was. And for us to get that sort of money for him after one season, unproven in the championship, he's had a great season. Um, I think it would be good business for us. It would also obviously give us a, a few quid to to hopefully spend on strengthening our squad, which I think is a, the next stage to it. So, yeah, if we were left uh, with 10 or 12 million to profit I suppose then then I'd be quite happy and if we were going to sell him I think the price anywhere up to 15 million I think anywhere between 12 15 million would uh, be decent for us and it would also obviously um, allow us to, to give Fortuna Sittard their their cut of the profit as well so yeah I'll back to that thing if we, we left with a profit of 12, uh, 10 million then I'd, I'd be quite happy um, as to strengthening the club I think it would not just to allow the first team to, to strengthen, but I think it'd just be good to get a stronger squad. So all in all, I'd take the deal. And if we did get the money, then I think the next question is where we'd where we'd improve the squad. Um, for me, priority obviously would be the goalkeeper. But I think if, if that could take a little bit of time, we may end up getting a loan keeper in, knowing the... Where we we sort of end up at the the beginning of the season, but I think if we had to strengthen and we had the money, I'd, I'd look for a good left back. I think um, everybody saw it last year. We we were sort of winging a prayer at times as to who was going to go in there, and as the season developed and got through to the end, we really struggled to fill that little area. So the left back would be ideal, and even if it's a left wing back, I'd, I'd go with that because I think we just need somebody who who is consistently or predominantly left-sided and can keep us there. I know Styles was the player, but it doesn't look like we're going to get him. But I think um, he was more looking at it from afar. I think he, he looked more of a centre midfielder in waiting than he did a left-back going to come in. So I, I'm not sure um, what the, the script is with him. But I think for me, I'd, I'd go for a left-back, certainly. I'd also look for that Styles type of centre midfielder. Um, I think we've got Savile and Billy in there. I'm hoping that Ryan Leonard actually ends up as a defender this year. Um, I think he 
he might pick up less injuries if he's got the game in front of him and he's not having to sort of do so much twisting and turning as he would in the centre mid. But if we've got Billy and Savile in the centre mid, I think I'd like to see a an addition in there. I don't think it's Honeyman. I think a Shackleton type player would have been ideal to keep on for another season, but obviously we're not getting that. So again, if, if we get a centre midfielder in, we'll obviously need to replace Fleming and that's really down to Gary Rowett and his tactics. If he plans on giving SA a lot more time, is he going to be a player that's that's involved in a, a sort of new style formation that allows Bradshaw, Nisbet, SA, um, Honeyman, Mitchell and everybody else to, to get in there? So it's, it's really going to come down to the style of play. So at the moment, that's, that's where I'd um, be looking to strengthen in the midfield. I think if we get a dominant centre-back, I think, again, it's... It's an area where we've actually been quite lucky or we've done really well over the last two seasons because we've had two excellent loan signings in Ballard and uh, Cresswell. But I wonder if maybe if he bought a player in um, to challenge Hutch, Murray Wallace and Cooper, I think it might improve them to have somebody pushing them rather than just a loan player. And again, if, if he's that good a centre-back, then it actually solves the problem for us because... As Hutch gets a little bit older and uh, more injury-prone, it becomes a problem. Cooper, I think, um, as great as a defender he is, I think he's still got a lot of uh, problems for us when he has the ball at his feet. So it might just improve that sort of thing. Somebody like um, Lockyer, who's at Luton, is a type of centre-back I'm thinking of because you know they're ball-playing to start with, but they're also good defenders who read the game well. So just see how we go. And then, obviously, um, the loan option that may come in that extra money we're getting in for, or that we possibly might get in for Fleming, might just help with the wages and, you know, allow us to get a better style or a, a higher quality of of loan signing. So, that really, that's where I am on the, the whole thing of selling uh, ZM. Um, I think when you look at when we got him in and what was getting said about our recruitment policies and our our route of getting players in, get them cheap, sell them for big money. This is exactly what um, people were talking about at the time. It's it's obviously very early. He's had one season with us. But if we can make a, a great profit on that, then that is exactly what people were talking about. We get a young player in, g- give them a, a platform to play on, improve them, hopefully, and then sell them for big money. And then we go out and get another one. And then we go and get another one. And we just keep selling them and... That is a model that people talk about with Brentford and that's exactly what's gone on here. So let's hope that uh, we can keep that going. And if we do sell him, we get good money. We'll all be very grateful to him for being with us for a season. But at the same time, football's a business and uh, we need to strengthen our own club now. So hopefully if we do sell him, we get good money. If we don't sell him, I don't think we're all too miffed either. So good luck to whoever's doing the business with him. And... To you, Nick, and everybody else, good luck uh, for the upcoming season. Come on, you Lions. Hi, Nick. John Rankin here. Um, Just for a few thoughts and observations on the ZM Fleming um, topic, you've sent us five questions, which I'm going to answer. So, rumours of £8 bid for Fleming, would you sell? No, I wouldn't. Not at that price. Um... We've got to build a team round ZM Fleming, and we did so to a certain extent last season. Although I don't think Gary Rowett um, gave him a free enough rein. I'd like to see him dropping a lot deeper, 
picking up the ball and acting as a kind of pivot stroke number 10. But more on that later. Two, at what price is he for sale for you? Well, we need him. So, you know, you put a £30 million price tag on him. And um, if someone wants to pay that money, then okay, you accept it. But that will scare away um, most of the clubs because we need him at least for next season to uh, try and make a push for the playoffs. Three, if it strengthens the side, is this a good deal? No, I don't because I don't think it will strengthen the side. Um, I don't think there's enough quality. You know, if we got, 8 million, 12 million, 15 million, 30 million. I don't think there's enough quality around. You'd need to buy two or three players and they'd need a, you know, time to bed in. CM Fleming's had his first season with Millwall. He's cut his teeth in the championship. I, I, I just don't think it's a good idea to let him go at all at any price, really. Um, but if someone pops up and pays 30 mil, then at least you might be able to buy a few seasoned performers, you know, to uh, strengthen the squad, but dubious if you ask me. Areas you'd strengthen with the pounds, this still might generate, well, new goalie, uh, new left back, and uh, a centre forward, because I'd like to pay two up front. The rest, I think we've got enough talent, you know, maybe another midfielder. Um, any other thoughts? Yes. Um, Burnley, right, and Manchester City. You know, <laughs> Burnley play a disgraceful um, style of football, if you ask me. It's all right to be possession-based. That's fine. It's lovely and attractive. But then um, to then foul your way out of counter-attacking teams, which are trying to play against you, is both cynical and the referees are not stamping on it. Burnley are, you know, Manchester City reserves, Okay. And I think Manchester City now have got themselves to a stage where they're obviously bigger than the Premiership. There's huge amounts of money flowing around. Uh, they were having they were having financial sanctions placed on them the last I heard, and that's all disappeared because obviously palms have been oiled behind the scenes. And I think they're too big for the Premiership. And I think if you look at the fact that most of their attacking players have more yellow cards for tactical fouling than their defenders... Um, which was highlighted in a brilliant article a couple of weeks ago in The Independent, you'll see the style of playing that they're, uh, the style of football that they're practising. I don't buy this Pep Guardiola, Johan Cruyff connection. Johan Cruyff, for me, revolutionised football. Pep Guardiola is doing a job. He's got unlimited resources virtually, and he's, you know, he's exploiting the rules of football and the weakness of referees to play... Possession-based football with a, you know, fantastic set of players, best in the world probably at club at this sort of club level, and then when they lose the ball, just foul, you know, just trip people up and, you know, stop the flow, and uh, get the ball back that way. Spain and Barcelona don't do it that way. And I mean, you know, I don't know. It's it's a it's it's a bit of a hot topic for me. Uh, but I'm a little bit annoyed that Burnley have come in for Zian Fleming because I think it would be a real slap in the face after the way they performed down at the Den to come in and cherry-pick Zian Fleming against us. So there you are, uh, Nick. Over and out and come on you Lions. Well, good morning, dear listeners. Um, 
Harry Warren here. Back a little bit more lively than we thought we would with the rumoured um, Fleming to Burnley, or definitely the rumoured Burnley attempts to sign Zion Fleming. Um, how do I feel about it? Well, we are a selling club, unfortunately, that is how we have to look at things. And there's two ways of looking at this. You either sell your best players with the hope that you generate revenue to strengthen in depth and strengthen the squad as a whole, or you hold on to your best players and end up with Jeff Wallace leaving on a free scenario. So those are the two ways you can play. Do I think £8 million is enough for Zion Fleming? Well, we got £8 million for George Savile five, six, seven years ago, whatever it was now. Football's only got more expensive. Zion Fleming ain't worth £8 million quid in the market. I mean, that's a very strange statement to say anyone's worth millions of pounds. But Zion Fleming is definitely not worth £8 million. Pounds. Um, I'm thinking... That's maybe six, seven, eight million light, something like that. Um, I think you've got to be looking at Burnley got promoted, Millwall's budgets. You've got to be looking at somewhere in the 12 to 15 million pound mark. We've had dons as well, I'd say. Um, I mean, I'd be being cheeky and saying that if Burnley stay up, you, you take more money off them. You say, you know, we want another three, four million. So if it's 12 up front, with a possible four million pound windfall at the end of it, I mean, we'll have to structure it that way, do it that way. But it, it he's not, you know, out of contract. Will it turn his head? That's another problem. But, you know, maybe drive him to Burnley and show him what a shithole it is. Because from what I understand, he lives on Canary Wharf in quite a nice... You know, quite a nice cosmopolitan city centre rather than driving to Lang... Where are they, fucking Lancashire or wherever? The shithole that is Burnley. So, um, no, I, I think... If, I wouldn't like us to sell him, but if we did to them... If we all got 12, 12 million or 15 million, something around that mark, um, I'd, I'd be happy. Um, but... Well, I wouldn't be happy, but I'd be happier with the with the amount uh, received, and then we'd have to go out, and I'd like us to see what we did with Fleming done on a larger scale. I'd like us to go and buy five or six off the back of that for that kind of money, you know, the 1.8s, 1.5s, something like that, which is a lot of Millwall money, but if you've just been given £12 million, that's not really a lot, that's in the sense of that's a lot of Millwall transfer budget, that probably, it's probably six, seven times our transfer budget, maybe, I don't know. But um, it would open up a lot of possibilities. Then it's, do, do we end up wasting the money, which we will always, always have done in the past. So, you know, it's, it's a possibility. It hasn't happened yet, but I think if it were to happen, you know, as long as we re reinvested it, we could come again, as long as we... You know, we've been scouting a load more Dutch mastery or, or, or people from elsewhere, but we we definitely, if we did lose Fleming, we are a lot weaker, so I'd hope we'd, um, we'd find 
some form of um, some form of replacement, or at least be looking at that now if it is being talked about. But there we go. Um, not really a lot more you can say. It's if buts and maybes at the minute. But anyway, come on, you lions, and uh, speak to you all soon. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Gary Rowett, and you're listening to the world-famous Acton Millwall. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to part one of a two-part Acton Millwall, a, a midsummer madness show for you, dear listeners. First up, our, our puck on this midsummer madness, midsummer night's madness, is Michael Avery. How are you doing, Michael? Hooray! Fixture list day is out. Everyone's now <laughs> not giving it. So, so, we, so we've got the three things that they'll moan about: the the uh, the, the warm beer, the warm beer, the fixture list that they'll moan about. <laughs> And the colour of the blue is going to be. So we're one down, two to go, and then the season starts. Let's go. Yeah, off we go. Um, it's just become a big thing, this this fixture release. I was having a conversation earlier on, saying back in the olden days when I was a boy, um, you basically bought the paper at the local newsagent to find out who your fixtures were. But now it's it's given the full Sky Television sensational build-up, really. And... Um, uh, you know, it's it's nice. So I, I don't. I I kind of look forward to it, but it reminds me really of a visit to the fish and chip shop. In my case, Michael, because much is promised in the fish and chip shop, and then when you actually get to eat your chips, it's never quite as good as you think they're going to be. Um, and I always find that with fixture release day, there's a big build up, and then there's a oh, Middlesbrough away day <laughs> fixture. <laughs> doesn't quite doesn't quite um, deliver the the uh, the ecstatic. Um, you no know, payoff that you think it should somehow. Oh mate, and I'll tell you what as well, just like with the uh just like with the what do you call it? Um what you just said there. It's a bit like that big asterisk. Fixtures sus- subject to change. Half of these will be changed in about a week. The the old the old, well, the, old the old bill will make yeah. Bristol City on the twelfth be like on the thirteenth at one o'clock in the morning because they don't like us. And just like you say, <laughs> mate, I'm not being funny. 
the chip shop analogy is brilliant because it's going to be tomorrow morning's chip paper, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're subject to um, TV security, shall we call it, the authorities, the man out there moving these fixtures around. But let's take them at face value just as a for a point of conversation. Otherwise, we've got a point in this show, listeners. Um, opening day, as I've said already, is uh, Saturday the 5th of August, Middlesbrough away. I mean, it's, it's really difficult, uh, Michael. We, we were just speaking off air to give any kind of um, assessment for the season. Because, I mean, really, a lot of clubs are still in the process of forming up their squads. Managers seem to change at the drop of a hat. So, it's at the moment, I think it's quite hard to say uh, whether that's good, bad or indifferent as an opening opening month. But, I mean, Middlesbrough away, Bristol at home, Norwich away and Stoke City at home. We should get a fair sense of where we stand in relation to the rest of the division at the end of August with those those opening four fixtures, um, at least I'd say. Yeah, I'll be fair to you, Nick. I don't think that's particularly difficult in truth. Um is always going to be. Um, there's there's no two ways about that one. But I don't... Yeah. I, I mean, really... God, I tell you what. I mean, I mean I'm just, I've got them in front of me now. So Middlesbrough, yeah, you'll get a draw. Bristol City looking to win. Norwich, you'll be looking at a draw. Middlesbrough, uh, Stoke, you'll be looking to win. Birmingham away, you'll be looking to win. Millwall against Leeds, we tend to win those. Rotherham, we tend to win those at home. West Brom away, draw. I'm not sure if this is the hangover of last season, Nick, where we where we had a good year, regardless of what your part two show might say soon. Um, we, we we had a we had a good season. Those first 10 and 12 good... games are all right, you know. Yeah, I mean, we've got to be looking to hit the ground running. I mean, I, I, I was thinking today, we've got you know two of these shows. I'm going to speak to Harry and, and to Neil Fizz uh, later. Uh, listeners, this will be part one of, of two. Um, but I suppose the challenge for the management, Adam Barrett and and, uh, and and Gary Rowett, is to lift the team because there was a there's a you know whether we like it or not, and it was a good season last season. Um, you know historically and all the rest of all the things that. Uh, maybe shows like this bore people with because it's not about the kind of um, uh, the bipolar approach to, to life that um, that many many adopt. But it, it, although we missed out in the end, it was a good season. But nevertheless, there was a sense of what if, what could have been, what should have been, perhaps. Um, I think lifting the squad will be the challenge, really. And it's going to be a bit of a test of the management, really, um, to get the, get the players... Back up because they're winnable games. I mean, even Middlesbrough away. I mean, I, I think in terms of at least a point there, um, I don't see why we shouldn't go into into all of those games with a sense we should be winning them. Really, yeah. If we want to con- con- contend in this in this league, we've got to be thinking in those terms, haven't we? Yeah, and that's that's exactly my point. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather Middlesbrough away on the opening game of the season than any of the three promoted teams from League One because they really <laughs> they they tend to give you the bloody nose. And I think as a, the reason why I say that the fixture machine has been generous to us, we don't really get those ones that could bloody your nose until early mid-October, when the season's well in swing, everything's in place, the fixtures are sorted, you get a bit of a working out who's who, where everyone's going to be, and that's when the sort of fixtures that might bloody your nose might start popping in. So, like like you say, the togetherness, I think... Let's just hope we all don't do their usual with their transfer dealings like we had a couple of years ago, because I think that this this um, this uh, Rabsy Nesbit we've got from Scotland is is 
<laughs> welcome, welcome, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, welcome, Kev. Um, he's that, that's a that's a good signing. You know, we had we had the the politics with his uh, medical or was it medical? Was it not medical last season? But that's a good. Well, it signing. wasn't officially so, but it was unofficially. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. felt to be his knee that was an issue, wasn't it? Exactly. So you, you've 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 trimmed you've trimmed the squad down. The players who you who you think will be your high earners, as in your Mason Bennett and your um, Scott Malone's, who who whether you like them or not, they're they're gone now. Um, you know they were mm. bit part players. Ryan Leonard, the, how how ruthless this club is with like um, Bierkowski with his knee. You know when they done that transfer, and you, you're presuming with Nesbit is it's there's a there's a sort of reduction in what he was worth because of his supposed speech marks bowels medical. You know Leonard's come back. He's a good signing when he's fit. Yeah, so yeah. what? But but what kind of business will that be in the sense that? Would we sign a player who's so notoriously injured all the time, or re-sign him? I think you're spot on. I think I think I think the club is in a good position behind the scenes. It's a good, strong squad. It's a squad you can build on. And am I quietly confident we can make the top six? Possibly not, but I don't think it will be a tough. I don't think we'll be near the bottom of the table. That's for sure. And we've just drawn Reading in the in the Caribou Cup. Reading at home. Um, that's normally played in the first week of the season, isn't it? Mill versus Reading. That'll be a West Stand upper only, yeah. <laughs> only fixture. Um, but anyway, that's that's also one to throw into the into the mix. There, I think we want to get out of that competition reasonably quickly, really, because we really do want to focus on the league. In my opinion, mm. I mean, going back to Nisbet, um, interesting signing, really. Um, I mean, I was looking at his track record in Scotland, and that's always got to be. Uh, the big caveat, but his actual scoring record up there in in North of the Ball is pretty good, Mike. I mean, um, Partick Fissel, he didn't do much there, but he scored six goals in Stirlingshire. Um, he scored a lot with Ray Frovers, 29 goals from 34 appearances, 18 goals at Dunfermline from 25, and then Hibernian at the high, I think they're at the highest level in Scotland. So, I mean, always people will be able to dig at that because that's an easy easy pop to make but nevertheless uh, 31 goals from 78 appearances in for Hibernian um, the boy seems to know where the back of the net is and that's something that we really do need and I'm personally quite glad to see see the signing go through actually I, I know there's this talk of his knee and and so on but um, I, I sometimes wonder if a modern players are tested to to high heaven you know um, if he's playing in Scotland and scoring goals then um, why not? You know, I think I think it's the kind of sign we've got to make. We're not going to um, sit at the top table of European money, are we? And that's going to be the kind of level where we can try and find the diamonds in the rough, as the as a cliche has it. Yeah, and the thing is as well, I don't want to speak for all Millwall fans, but there is that kind of we do. We 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 we, we, we claim everyone. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You don't speak for me, Avery. You don't speak for me. Yeah, I've heard that a few times. Um, <laughs> but but one thing with him is well, and, and it is with Mill fans, you know, you, you always you, like whenever you talk about these big money players, you always see online and everywhere. Why don't we take a punt on a non-league player? Why don't we take a punt here and punt on a league two? This is taking the punt. So any, anyone who anyone who's critical of the Scottish league or the Scottish um, football scene, this is the punt just in a slightly different country. You know, it, it's, it's exactly what yeah, it is. I'm- 
I mean, there's a certain level of football snobbery involved in that, and you know, it's it's an easy dig to make. You know, the Scottish football and all the rest of it. Um, but we've sent players, a number of players, including Danny Mack. Um, Alex Mitchell has just come back from St Johnston, I think it is. Danny Mack certainly went north for the board and improved his game, and beca- you know, came back to become a first team pick for us. Um, so it can't be that bad up there. I mean, I, I, I would certainly agree with anyone that says the depth of the game in Scotland is not going to match the depth of the game in England. But at the higher levels, you're going to get some decent players and decent sides. So if you can perform there, then what's the difference between that and saying, oh, why don't we go to Bromley and pick up the boy that's just gone to, um, who was it? Was it Ipswich or Norwich? He went to yeah. the, 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 the talented forward there from Bromley. I can't think of his name now. Listeners apologise me. But, um, you know, you're right. This is the kind of punt. This is a punt in a sense, isn't it? Um, and it's not a bad punt when you look at his track record. And that's, uh, and that's the, the thing, thing, I suppose, is you, this need. Yeah, and, and you say as there are well about, I mean, if we're going to start down a great Scottish league, is this isn't what this is for this now. But this this is a country with a very, very small, um, very, very small demographic of people in, compared to England. But... You know, they, they, they qualified for the Euros. They, they, they tend to always make the knockouts of their groups in the qualifiers. They're never normally a million miles away. So, again, yes, people compare the Scottish League to the Premier League and the Championship. Yeah, they, they can't touch it. But I always say, Ryan Loftus made a good point the other week when I was with him. He was talking about Celtic and how much they dominate the Scottish League. Um, in the sense yeah. that, they, you know, their budget is, is miles ahead. You know, their infrastructure, even mm. compared to Rangers, is miles ahead. That's yeah. why they always dominate. So if you was to take Celtic and arguably even keep Rangers in, but again, for this argument, take out, it is a wide open plan field. So if you've got a player who's scoring one in two in a wide open plan field with the service that some people may not think is the level that it should be, that's worth taking a punt. I think if you bring him down and he has five, six shots a game and he puts them all wide, then yeah, you criticise but if he's if he's scoring one in every two games with a limited service in for a team who Hibbs has always been notoriously up and down, especially over the last three or four years, I'll take that punt all day. I'm as happy I'm as happy with this signing as I would be if we picked up a million pound player from a, a, a League Two side, uh, possibly even arguably one of the better non you know National League sides, uh, someone who's scored goals and has done it at that level. He's, uh, Nesbitt has done it at the Scottish level. Um, if we're not signing this kind of player, I don't know where people think we will be picking up our talent. I know that we're going abroad a little bit more, apparently, to look for um, friends of Zian Fleming in in, the, in, in Holland. Um, but this is this is the kind of level we're aiming at. So I'd, I'd, I'd take my hat off. It's also got an international goal. Just looking at uh, Wikipedia here, ten appearances for the Scottish national side, one goal. So. Um, Fair play to him. Um, I th- it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. Obviously, it's it's all very much unknown at this stage. Um, just to move us along, Michael, the pre-season schedule um, has been confirmed. We've got a glittering, a glittering array of sides here. Uh, we're visiting the Medway, always an exotic experience. Going down the Medway, play Gillingham pre-season. Um, the, the 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 suburban um, depths of Sutton. Um, big, big local derby with Cholton and uh, Fortuna Sittard, um, which I think is the last weekend before the start of the season, before the trip to, to Middlesbrough. Um, I can't be bothered with any of them, to be quite honest with listeners. 
Do you know what? Come, do you don't know what? come to this show. This, don't this, come to this show if you're looking for full coverage of the friendlies. I, I, there won't be from me. Let's get the big stick and poke the bear. Can someone tweet in how many people Gillian and away go on oh, have back? Oh dear. I mean, we, we no Dartford this season. Um, that's normally a, 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 maybe we've we've, uh, we've gone off to the end of the line or something and gone to Gillingham instead. Well, I probably, know. probably, it was probably I mean, because it kicked off last year at Dartford, didn't it? Well, that's always a problem. <laughs> Someone's sent me a thing the other day about uh, people moaning that we we're, we're going on a Spanish training trip and why don't we have any nice little <laughs> friendlies um, in the in the hot Spanish sun with the the uh, the wonderful Spanish lager. On on tap. Oh, can you imagine? Uh, if, it, if it if it kicks off at Dartford, and it may well get a bit naughty at Gillingham, uh, and I don't know, um, possibly Sutton, I don't know. Um, well, you know, Sutton United, it'll think, kick it off down there. Try adding two and two and see what answer you come up with, listeners, because I think that's why we don't go for any foreign friendlies. I mean, it, it's it's the truth of it, Michael. I mean, people might like it, might say, oh, it's not fair, but the security costs. Make it a bit disproportionate, wouldn't it? Absolutely, and and you know the the one thing as well. I was I was actually surprised. Not 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 that you like to see this type of thing of football, dear listener. We we don't condone this kind of thing. QPR at home on Boxing Day is an interesting one, isn't it? Boxing, yeah, the front of the Christmas uh, fixtures. Let me get the sifting backwards and forwards on my phone, listeners, to bring you this show. Uh, yeah, QPR Tuesday the twenty sixth. That'll be probably a twelve o'clock, one o'clock kickoff, I reckon. Boxing Day, uh, and then Norwich City on the Friday, um, Friday the 29th. That might be that might be a three pm, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, Leeds is the big the big other name, isn't it? That everyone looks for Saturday the 16th, but I can't see that remaining as a three pm kickoff, Michael. I think again, there's going to be a lot of um, kickoff time moving to yeah. suit the police. Yeah, and and, and and it's like we said as well with the TV, didn't we? Like. Um... I think TV, yeah. Um, if, if you look at, like, I mean, I think it was, I think it was either Harry or Mike Hayden. They were saying about Leicester away on the thirteenth, seven forty-five. Now, I could be wrong. I both I both your Leicester games in the midfield. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I could be wrong, but that stinks that that might be on TV for me. Well, they might do. I mean, December the thirteenth is Leicester City away, and then the home game at the Den, which has been uh, in its time quite a big, big fixture. Leicester City at home is in April, Tuesday the ninth, so both evening games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've done that a few times. In uh, what was the other one I saw? I, the Ipswich Town, I think Ipswich away and Ipswich at home are both midweek games, if I remember rightly. I'm just yeah. trying to, yeah, um, Ipswich at home on back the and forwards here, yeah. yeah. Um, Wednesday the 29th of November, so that'd be a midweek, um, you know, night game. So <sighs> it's the reality of football, listeners. You can moan about it, and you know. You can have a long conversation about whether it's right, wrong, or fair or unfair, but it's just the way it's going to work out for us. Uh, and I think there'll be one or two changes yet to to make on on some of these fixtures. But um, hey ho, there we go. Um, yeah, so I always find it it's, it's, it's disproportionately exciting when when fixtures get announced, Michael. And I, I think the schoolboy in me comes back to the fore briefly, and then very swiftly. Um, after about five minutes of staring at Middlesbrough away and Bristol City at home, you think, ah, oh, okay, it's all back to normal again now, isn't it? You know, yeah. it wasn't as quite as uh, exciting as, as as you thought it might be. You know, it makes me laugh as well. So I've got to say, what makes me laugh is when when they come out. I don't know about you, but at first I was a bit similar to you. 
I look sounds like oh, away. You, you always want your first game to be home at home, don't you? You know, like just uh, yeah. I don't know why. Just, I don't yeah. know why. It's yeah. psychological thing, isn't it? You know? Yeah, you, you like and your final home. game of the stage. You want that at home. I think that's a way as well. Yeah, yeah, it right, is. Yeah, yeah. But then, so you sit there and you look at that. But then, still on the other foot. Do you remember that season when we had Leeds at home, the first game of the season? Everyone's like, "Fucking hell, Leeds first game! What's all that about?" You're like, "You should do it. You're never going to win, are you?" If, if, if you're if you're the random computer uh, generator, you're never going to win. No, no, that's that's for sure. Um, what's the other news? Uh, obviously, the signing of Nisbet. Um, Callum Styles looks like he's going to get out of and away from us, Michael Watford. Apparently, in talks to sign Callum Styles, says the the London News. Well, that'd be a shame. I mean, I'm, it's not yeah. heartbreaking, but it's it'd be a shame because I, I quite like the look of, of Styles. He looked like an intelligent player of the ball, but who knows what lies lies behind that. Um, I suppose you have a good news from the summertime, really. Are goals for our youngsters. Roman SA scored for the England under-18 side. It was a, a two-all draw with Norway a couple of days ago. And also... Um, uh, an under-21 debut for Adomo Imaku, um, who uh, played for the Republic of Ireland recently, under-21. So, good news there. Um, also, we've signed a, a Leicester City goalkeeper, Dylan Adai. I, I don't know anything about him, other than the fact he's a youth player with, with Leicester City. So, um, there we are. Um, so, 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 it's quite a be... couple of days, Nick. Well, I mean, once you get past the fixture announcement, it's a very dry period <laughs> for news, isn't it, really? <laughs> There's some uh, new stuff in the club a, shop. I think it looked very, very, very bland, this, the club shop stuff. I mean, it's very Americanized. I mean, Fanatics are the company running it, and they are a big name in uh, US sports, NFL, Major League Baseball, and the uh, the NBA. So they, they, they have certain formats that they follow. Um, but then I, I caught myself looking at their – they've got some polo shirts and a couple of like sweatshirt and hoodie things, which just say Lions on them. And, and – but then, what am I looking for, really? I'm a, I'm, I probably wouldn't wear a lot of the stuff anyway, Mike. But do I really want witty bants on my t-shirt? Um, I probably wouldn't. You know, if you're going to wear it, the, the discreet, um, you know, polo shirt with a with a, a the lion logo is what people have been calling for for many years, and actually, that's what is what's being laid on there. Now, I don't yeah. know. It, on the one hand, it's bland, and on the other hand, it's possibly wearable. So. You know, there's there's a hoodie that's going to be that, interesting to see how they develop it. It's like yellow and black, and it looks like something from Chernobyl, or as if you're um, sort of wearing something to go around there. Yeah, there it is, like the the yellow and black lions written across it. It's, it's, yeah, a, they're going for that. That's an American kind of idea, isn't it? And they they like that kind of um, oh, I don't know, big bold graphic statement. Um, but then, I, like I just said, I don't know what what I'm really thinking they're going to show on there. I'm hoping that they'll they'll have some stuff that has marginally more interesting visually. But then would I wear half that stuff? I probably wouldn't, you know. I won't wear all of it, let alone half of it. Well, I was watching um, baseball the other day and they, they, they were advertising a, a San Francisco Giants Hawaiian shirt and they got this kind of leery, really leery Hawaiian shirt with all sorts of designs all over it and they're raving about it. And I thought, well, I wonder if that would sell, you know, something like that. Because there would be buyers for this stuff if they did come out. Maybe that's where it's going to be going, a, a Millwall Hawaiian shirt, you know, with... Um, Tropical oh, depictions of local local disco pubs along the old Kent Road in the eighties, with you know, with cocktail with palm trees on them, things like that. That might yeah. work. Um, but yeah, that's, I suppose that's the other big news. I mean, the other the other rumor that's we, we were just talking off air is is the um, 
well, obviously we've got the kit yet to be announced. I suppose that's another big, big thing. Bang the drum for the kit. Whether we're going to do something for cue, the cue to complaint. Well, whatever you do, you're dealing with. You can't win every, every. You know, you can't please everybody. But um, it's going to be interesting. It's thirty years of the den this this season, the new den, um, as I still think of it. And I wonder if they could do something kit wise that will hark back to that first season back in ninety three, ninety four. That was a a royal blue shirt with a pinstripe design. I'm wondering whether they'll go for something like that to uh, to have a bit of a throwback to those um, now far off days, thirty years since. Um, also, I mean, as far as we know, the Husky deal has a, has a year uh, to go. So, despite someone saying on online earlier on about um, is there a new sponsor, or I, I, I'm not in the know, listeners. I don't. You're not in the know, Michael. I don't think either um, on these matters. Um, if there's a new sponsor coming, who knows? We'll see, won't we? We'll find out when it gets announced. Um, in, in as far as I know, way, it's Husky. Yeah, I was going to say in the nicest way. We were um, we are quite modest on this podcast, but I doubt that the commercials thing is we need to call Nick and Michael to make sure they're happy with the sponsor. <laughs> Get it out there, Let's spread it to the five hundred subscribers. <laughs> Listen to <laughs> <it>. exactly. <laughs> and oh, Doug dear. Hume in Sweden, what do you think? <laughs> Put it around in Sweden, Doug, when you see it, mate. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know. Um, these these things get announced when they get announced, and um, I've not seen anything to um, hint that Husky are no more, and there's going to be some other um, human rights abusing national state instead written on our shirt. I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. Um, Michael, I think we've explored opening day fixtures to the the very limit as to how much conversation I can drag up. Did you want to say anything else before we? Before we Just um, thank you. Uh, thank you for the new show that we've put out that we um, have Town. episodes so far. Big season yeah. for Eriff Town. Um, they're playing at the Thamesmead Town Ground on Bayliss Avenue, listeners. If you're living in Thamesmead, I can think of a lot worse places to go for any away days, you know, when Mill, uh, you can't get to the Mill game. Get yourself around on midweek fixtures. Um, it's a nice little ground, actually. I, I used to be owned by Peabody. I don't know if it still is. Um, so I kind of knew when I was in my working days, I knew a little bit about it. Um, are Thamesmead Town still in existence there, Michael? Look at the football club. Are they still? Uh, they're Sporting Club Thamesmead in the Scaffold Club's Division Thamesmead. 1 below. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To, be, to be honest, they're, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're doing a grand share. To be honest with you, it's a kind of a, um, it's, it's a little bit of a cheap club, so I apologise, Nick, because you weren't worried. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's, it's kind of a spin-off of our grassroots show we did last year. We sort of found ourselves actually quite entertained with of Town, how they played football, how they did things. Um, and obviously, like um, I'm now helping them out behind the scenes with some bits and pieces, um, which they've asked us to do. Um, they've, we, we suggested the podcast, which they, they jumped at, and they're, they're very, very happy to be on the same um, platform and channel as obviously Acton Millwall. I'm very, very grateful. There's a lot of people there who do a lot of good things. Um, we've got some people there who are local Bermondsey Rotherhead people originally who are now associated with them. Um, a few people there are related to Millwall fans and Adam, who's the first team manager, goes to Millwall um, when he gets a chance, obviously, when he's not managing um, at Erith Town. And they're just, they're just a good club. I'll be honest with you, there's an awful lot of similarities um, behind the scenes with Erith Town and Millwall um, when it comes to things like community feel. Yeah. Um, Feeling like you're part of it and everything like that, and that's one of the reasons we've uh, got involved and helped out. 
Well, I'm looking forward to getting over to Bayliss Avenue. I came along last season to the uh, sports centre ground at the Arif Leisure Centre, and that was that was a nice, nice afternoon. But it was a big, spacey kind of um, running track environment, like a lot of non-league uh, league clubs have to have to contend with. It's going to be interesting to see them play a more conventional, tighter, um, you know. Uh, football um, arena only. So I'm looking forward to getting along. Do have a listen to the show and do follow Erif Town online. Keep abreast of what they're up to. Um, very happy to carry the podcast. And big thank you to Michael for producing it. All I do is just uh, add, add the uh, tapes together and stick it online. Michael, I think we've reached the end of the line on this little show. So big thank you for joining me from your working environment. Big thank you to Michael Avery. No, no problem at all. Come on, you lions. Come on, you lions. And um, thank you to you too, dear listeners, for, for tuning in. This is only part one of the show. I'm going to put out a separate part two featuring Harry Warren and Neil Fisler. This has been quite an upbeat show. I'm going to see what we're going to get from Neil and uh, from Fizz and, and H as, 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 as part two. So uh, tune in for that one separately. Until the next edition of Achtung Millwall, it's uh, Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung Millwall. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.